Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast. It is your host, Dave Neal. For those new listeners, how are you? We've been charting in the comedy interviews charts on iTunes up to number 24 this month. Oh boy, has that been amazing. Thank you so much for our new people listening. You guys wondering, what's this chat all about? We're a couple comedians. Uh, We talk about dating, sex, relationships. Uh, We like to go over the love languages, some of the self-help shenanigans, all that bullshit to try to make ourselves the best version of who we are. That's all we try to do. Plus, we talk about a bunch of different dating and relationship stories and share some of our failures. No shame here, folks. None at all. Anyway, this episode, uh, Tasha Courtney and myself interview Josh Potter, super funny stand-up comedian from Buffalo, New York. We hit it off. I, I hit it off with this guy so fast when I met him because we both, you know, grew up in the 80s uh, or born in the 80s at least, grew up in the 90s. And, you know, we had to learn about porn before the internet existed. We had that similar upbringing where you just had to, you didn't, you couldn't just Google how to kiss a girl, right? You had to you know, lean in and then she would pull back like a, you know, in the matrix and slap you. You know what I mean? You had to really uh, figure shit out before the internet. And anyway, we had a blast talking about all of that. And we talked about uh, life on the road as a stand-up comedian and um, what it's like, uh, what his dating life is like, all that good stuff. You're going to love it. And I also wanted to mention, as you've known from listening, um, I wanted to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Promescent. It's a genital desensitizing spray. That's right. You can't have the sex actually podcast without numbing your dick a little bit. How it works is you spray a little bit of this genital desensitizing spray on your penis. Wait a couple minutes for it to absorb. You, you, you figure out how many pumps you need. Three, four, five, eight, how many pumps you need. You rub it in and uh, it... Uh, it uh, absorbs into the subdermis. Am I saying that right? The subdermis. I'm not a doctor, folks. All I know is it gives you that extra uh, couple minutes you need because there's a climax gap, right? It takes women 18 minutes to come. It takes men five. Ladies, catch up. They're all, you're always waiting on a lady. The point is you can use this for... Um, you know, premature ejaculation, but also recreationally. Maybe you don't have a problem ejaculating, but you just want to spray some on because you got a couple extra hours to kill. Go for it. That's what this is all about. If you want to know more about our product, our nice sponsor from Promescent, go to delayspray.com for 15% off. You can use the voucher code SAP15. That's S-A-P-1-5. Uh, for those extra 15 minutes you're going to get in the bedroom. I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm just saying spray a little bit on. So those are us. That's our sponsor. We like it. Uh, we'd like it if you guys uh, checked them out. And um, yeah, they ship it discreetly. If you don't want the whole world to know that you uh, have a boner that comes too soon. <laughs> Tasha's looking at me. I, uh, Tasha, thumbs up or thumbs down? Am I a better lover when I use this product? She goes, thumbs up. It's hard to take her seriously when she's got a burn from the beach today. Uh, Tasha's burnt. Uh, go to her Instagram and see. Are you going to post a photo of your sunburn? Yeah. Yeah, go show your sunburn off on your Instagram story. Go to Tasha Cordy and check her out. But uh, you're going to love our chat today. We had a full one. We could have talked for an extra two hours. We were slinging back Miller Lights, Josh Potter. Hopefully, he can become a regular on our, par- on our podcast because I really enjoyed talking with him. So you're going to love this one. Enjoy our conversation with Josh. So, because we, you know, we will have guests on that 
you know, we had our friend Raquel on. She's Playmate of the Year. And I'm like, oh, we wow. need good video. We need yeah, good yeah. video for people to look at because Instagram has become the best place for people to Promos like. Promos sh- and stuff. Yeah, there's like, there's all that shit's out there. And here we are just doing audio. And like, we, we've had some, we had, we had someone on. Her name's uh, Lauren Murray Lowe. Mm-hmm. And and she was and she and she she was super n- nice and and really she she was a great interview but she also was like a, a, a someone that Tasha knew from the modeling world who had f- huge fake boobs <laughs> and so Tasha had a hoodie on so Low didn't want to take her hoodie off and I was like I need you guys to <laughs> <laughs> show some skin yeah I was like we I need some clicks so on this some video <laughs> but like I've been oh, Tasha- definitely not bringing that today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ju- we'll jump right into it hey everybody welcome to the Sex Actually podcast it's your boy Dave Neal with Tasha Cordy and Hello. Josh Potter welcome you, hi thanks for having me thanks for doing this today nice, nice uh, view outside yeah you. yeah well, a little Hollywood sign a little yeah. sunset we got awesome. we got this one guy who yells at a specific time of day like yells and we, that's like our rooster is just like like the homeless guy he just yells out. Does he say anything in particular? Or? It's gibberish. We don't know what they're saying. We're just like, oh, please subscribe to the podcast. Something. <laughs> we'll take it. I uh, yeah. We um. I feel like I feel like we're buddies, and I know you, but I don't know you that well. Yeah, Although, for sure. I mean, I see you around at shows and stuff. So I, yeah, you're not a psycho that. I don't want to talk to, so that's a good thing. You it's know, a good like, there's start. There's a lot of those out there. We were talking football after one of our shows. You're a Buffalo guy. Hell yeah. We're just from Buffalo. I'm a New England guy. I have a respect. Buffalo football fans are unlike anything else. Bill's Mafia. There's yeah, a we're term. Uh, like kind of mutated from losing so much that we had to like basically change the reason to go to a football game. <laughs> yeah, you, so we just made it a party. You guys light tables on fire and... Table dive. Yeah, that's kind of the extreme version of it all. But yes, going through tables has become in the last decade a thing. Are you familiar with this, Tasha? Uh, Have you seen this? No, I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've seen like videos of people like smashing a plastic table on like at like a tailgate. Is yeah, that you exactly all? Is us. that it? That's okay. us. Yes. All of those are us. <laughs> but that's and, what you have. Uh, you have football. You've got. Yeah. There's no other pro sports there. We have hockey also. Oh, you have hockey. Sorry, NHL, <laughs> yeah. shows what I know. But you've got. So you've got that, and you've and you're just hours from right. You're just upstate New York. What do you? Yeah, we're eight hours away from New York City. It's not. It's about as far away from New York City as you can get without leaving New York State. Are so. you by Canada? Is yes, that a dumb question? Yes, okay. extraordinarily close to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had an apartment where I could look at Canada. Like, wow. wow. Like, Just look Sarah at all Palin that free style, like, For real healthcare. Canada. See, I get... <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm from Rhode Island, so I can get some of the cold winter, kind of like, you need to find out who you're, uh, who you're going to be dating for the winter type of vibe. Oh, you did like, like cuffing? Yeah. Is, is, that, is that a term? Cuffing? Yeah, cuffing is like a thing that you do usually you do it to begin the holidays right i think is what it is because you don't want to be alone for the holidays so you you kind of like lock up with a, a person you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend and then you dump them in the springtime when summer rolls around so you could like go out and have fun <laughs> just somebody to keep you warm yeah basically the, that's we, like started, we started cuffing in 2012 <laughs> that sounds like a weird term when i say it. yeah i've been cuffing tasha since uh, obama was in office <laughs> yeah it usually doesn't last more than a seasonal thing when you, it's a cuffing situation dude, you could do like some nat geo like uh docu-series of cuffing in buffalo yeah i mean there's definitely a psychology involved with it that goes on when you live in a cold weather place as opposed and, to here you well know? you're gonna be you gain weight in the winter you mm-hmm. have to be you have to just be insulated we're just like bears yeah it's yeah. essentially i mean you need like warmth you want to be <laughs> like not only just like physically but also mentally because it's such a hard time you know? yeah so now you we, always like get a girlfriend. It's, everyone seems to just get a girl, and then s- the sun comes out and the snow melts, 
and people start shedding clothes, and then the wandering eyes happen, and that's when they break up. Oh, that's the decuff. Aww. Yeah, the, the the cuff dismount. Uh, now you uh, did our mimosa show a few weeks ago. Killed it. Yeah, it was, uh, awesome. was it? Wait, no, it was two last month. It was last month. I think show. so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't remember any of them. I drink too. It's the only I was time I drink. Super drunk at it, and I was. I got there where I to the point where I was like hungover, but almost still kind of drunk. Yeah, that kind of hungover. So I started drinking mimosas, and it was like reverted right back to the night before. Now, let me ask you this, because I have a bias because it's our little baby, but it's a fun show, right? <laughs> it's like a so cool... So much fun. I mean, LA's got some shit... There's some really shit shows that people are like there just for obligation. Our audience keeps on coming back. It's the same That's people great. every month. And they weren't like... I was nervous. I was like, okay, cool. There's tons of people here. That's awesome. But then I was nervous. Like, what kind of people come to a comedy show in the morning? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they going to be cool with certain things and... Like um, daytime stuff. Yeah, it's yeah are they to expecting say, like, this to be like Ellen? Like, what is... <laughs> yeah. So, but you did... But they uh, were great. They were so fun. Yeah, because you have an eating ass bit, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did everything that I do when the sun <laughs> is not up, and it, w- it was fine. Yeah, yeah normally you wouldn't... You'd be like, oh, Friday, 7 p.m. show, the sun's still up, it's a shit crowd. No, Sunday, 11.30 in the morning, it's like you had <laughs> yeah. the motivation to get out of bed, but also no family to worry about, no right. lawn to mow. That's kind of like the Lost Boys of L.A. It's that, like there's no responsibility. You can either drive an hour to go to the beach or you can hang out here and just get shitty with us when did brunch because it's a recent thing where brunch became like the thing to do do you know what i'm saying like it was big when i lived in new york and i never did it because i was very cheap i couldn't imagine i didn't watch football at the bars in new york no i just like i would stay at home like i i, I wasn't one to like go out and drink Were but you- i do think that that's well i feel like my first like brunch and bottomless mimosas experience was in new york and it was like a get together with your girlfriend's time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's but like catch that, up on the week. Was that always a thing? Like, was Sex in the City doing brunch? That's they, a good question. Yeah, we should do some research. Because <laughs> I don't Sex remember it was like a brunch. It wasn't like a 90s thing. Well, like, where, they weren't doing it on Friends. Brunch became a verb, right? It became like we're brunching. When was versus, brunch invented, Google? I mean, brunch was always around as a word, but it was always one of those things where it was like... Like Denny's, a, yeah, in between breakfast exactly. and lunch When did hours. it become like a drinking thing? But l- listen, you're, you're and like, like a, McDonald's, you could get breakfast until 11 right. or whatever. That's like brunch. That's, right. But it was br- like a brunch late is, this breakfast. Is, yeah, this is like something. But, this is a lifestyle. But where, you're from Buffalo originally? Yeah. I remember I the first like, time I went to brunch, it was to watch football. Was like it we in Buffalo? Saying. Yeah, at a bar called Coles. They had bottomless mimosas. And I had just turned 21, and my cousin was like, you paid two, it was two bucks, by the way, for oh my bottomless gosh. mimosas. They changed that real quick. <laughs> but it was like two, it was two bucks. And so I'm like, that's stealing, basically, stealing alcohol. So we, we would get blackout drunk, and then kickoff would happen at like one o'clock. And, uh,. We were already like shit. So that's why the tables were being broken. There was <laughs> yeah. two dollar brunch. We didn't yeah. know that Bill's Mafia had two dollar brunch. Dude, no, everything's but- so cheap in Buffalo. Three dollar beers. I mean, like, and it's beers. a big city, right? It's a relative. It used to be bigger, but it's- but it has like a pretty like walkable downtown. Oh yeah, totally. There's- I feel like that's the difference. I feel like that's brunch. Like yep. I didn't have brunch growing up besides Denny's or Where McDonald's, Kentucky, oh, Beaufort, okay. Kentucky. That makes sense. You know, it's just like. You need to have like you need to be able to walk there and walk home you're, yeah, if you're, you're going to be drinking you're bottomless. From the ca- you're from the capital of franchise restaurants. That's Applebee's capital. Every it's like oh we're going to go to the Outback tonight. Like it's a very big deal. Not and a couple anybody. like niche 
Asian restaurants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but, like, but you would probably judge somebody if, if they were opening up some like new place that's like an independent spot. They just wouldn't no, get that's that. That's not true. There saying, are it's... two places that are excellent <laughs> for brunch in Cincinnati, but still, that's a trek. Yeah, but Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of stuff. I feel like now there's a lot of places that are like um, that you wouldn't think like Asheville, North Carolina, or whatever. It's like becoming Carolina. super hip. Yeah, they're all getting like hipsterized but that's what, but, but that's what brunch is it's it's it it's is not yes. getting getting a if you have a family it's you don't gentrification brunch. of meals yeah <laughs> and also because you don't settle down and have a fa- like all my yeah, friends and families aren't you going left to brunch. all your responsibilities at home yeah. because they were spo- responsibilities that were able to be left at home or like at your job you know like you don't have you're right you don't have to mow your lawn we're you don't first, have to watch your kids yeah we're yeah. the first generation that's really not settling down we revolutionized brunch into a drinking excuse you know like a chic one you know i could i go to a bar at 11 a.m on a saturday and start drinking these and people are like what a degenerate but then you go drink bottomless mimosas and you're like a cool person some oj into it (laughs) yeah yeah. what's that term brass monkey you ever have a brass monkey you i've never had one it's basically a specific tell me tell me if i'm wrong but it's malt liquor and orange juice is that it yeah, I thought it was I a specific know. like it could be liquor, but I could be wrong too. I, I thought it was like a gold champagne. I don't know. I learned a lot like. about drinking on my on a drive to New Orleans from Rhode Island. We didn't make spring break plans in college, and it was six months after Katrina happened. <laughs> oh so people were, they were like, "Oh, everyone was going to New Orleans on these like church trips to you know uh, you know uh, help rebuild." Yeah, we brought some hammers. You go to Home Depot, you bring some shovels. <laughs> so we show up, but on the way down, you know, by the time you know you you you, you slowly start to hit the, you hit the Mason Dixon line next thing you know Confederate flags everywhere and this is like 2000 and you know two, uh, Four. six right 2006 oh, yeah. yeah so it was like I think Katrina happened in 05 yeah, so what, right. what, yeah whenever that was um, so this was like we're cool with Confederate flags they're not horrible it's just a lifestyle and we get to a gas station and then that's where the first brass monkey happened and we still have like 10 hours to drive so <laughs> we're just drinking in the back where there's five guys in a two door like uh, Mazda or something it's a you know real tight bonding experience and we're just drinking pissing and then we get to New Orleans in the car well no we didn't pee in the car but you just quickly pull out drinking whatever. in the car oh, yeah drinking in the car yeah but once you get to New Orleans that's like legal well, it really it's, like, it's legal to open, like, carry, right? You're allowed to, like, carry your container yes, on the yes. street. I, don't know, I think you can Orleans. have it in a car, too. I they have drive through like, uh, yeah, drive through like, uh, hurricane places, right? Is that what the, the drink's called? The Grenades. Hurricane? Or or grenades, like that's grenades. it. Yeah, and as long as it's got, like, a lid on it, it's not considered an open container. Oh, they're fucking savages there. Yeah, and we went to one place, so we basically boozed all week long, and then during the day, that hot, humid New Orleans weather, we would sweat it out and just be, like, gutting these houses. Little did we know, we were just... Uh, complete you know radioactive soil we're there in flip-flops like everything was really destroyed i mean all these homes that we were gutting ended up all getting demoed anyway we oh, so of course we did no good we did nothing nothing and we were like taking out light fixtures and as we took them out like water would rain down on us and it's all radioactive i'm yeah i'm total i'm glowing and we're hitting each other with like you know the fluorescent like light bulbs were just complete <laughs> why fun. did they let you idiots yeah, they needed then, idiots to go break down those houses that were buried underwater for X amount of time and are covered and, in shit. And, and mold. The whole point was one night we went to a bar. And who, who else is going to do that job? Nobody. <laughs> Besides idiots. Yeah. But yeah. Christians. And by the way, we weren't even there on a Christian trip, but we ended up, we kind of were. We didn't know it. We didn't know it. And we brought this Russian guy, um, yeah, uh, Yanov, whatever, uh, Eugene Yanov. I don't know his name. Um, we were all guys from my fraternity. And the Russian guy was like super scared of religion. So he'd see all these people 
people like singing kumbaya with their guitars and everything and we just wanted to go party but we found one bar at, uh, on two lanes campus and it was 25 cent beer night and i'm like come on this is fucking a gimmick this isn't true and i showed up and i go 12 beers and the guy goes three yeah. dollars i was like here's a five and i was like what the fuck the south parties you don't have that in rhode island like, no that kind of shit we had rhode island's a little bougie not even in college college we had a couple dollar draft places we did have a few spots but again this is over a day it's a long time ago i couldn't imagine now what the prices are i mean we we went to i mean today to go get some gluten-free um pastries it was 18 dollars for three of them like the prices now are just they don't even make sense like where's the two dollar bottomless mimosa like where's that economy you know I what i mean what it was called but did you ever have a i think it was flip night maybe or something like that but it was like you go to a bar and the bartender flips a coin and if you call it in the air and get it right, you get the drink for free. Oh, that's f- we had that with um, what's it called? Uh, rock paper scissors. No shit. Where you get to play rock paper scissors with, and then the other one we had, which is a good one, was the break the seal night. Have you heard had this? If you don't pee, it's okay. It's free drinks until the first person pees. Oh, that's but it's because it's a fraternity and a sorority <laughs> show up together. The sorority's like three minutes after they get there. Yeah. I got pee. People are yelling, like, Becky, no! Because they've been all pre-gaming in a school bus the whole time. I mean, real savages. It's like, usually it's, it's, it's the most, the whole, like, no, and I'm sure it goes for, like, vomiting, too. Like, you're, you're going to burst, you know, these people if you've had, like, if, you, if you've already broken the seal. So by the time they're slowly serving you, yeah, th- 20 minutes in, you're done, and it's, it's just a gimmick, but it gets everyone into the bar. Like, yeah, we're going to be great. Everyone, you hold your own. And then some there was like, a, no. a radio show, I think it was in Seattle. I can't remember where it was. San Francisco, maybe I don't know, but they uh, they did a contest that was like, "Don't break the seal." For I don't remember what the prize was. I, wa- I almost want to be like, "It's seal concert tickets," but it wasn't. It was something like <laughs> actually worth money. And uh, so you had to like stand in this bucket, and the first person to like or the last person to pee gets to win or something like that. But they had to drink like constantly water. They had to drink like X amount of water, and a woman died. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's so when they got like sued and everything. Which is like li- liver failure or something. Everything. Probably. Yeah, I forget what it is, but it's like you can drink too much water. Apparently. Yeah. She like drowned herself inside. I don't know. What it was like something yeah, wild. Yeah, I'm sure it all backs up. Horrifying. Isn't it you can't crazy? do anything. I mean, all these it was like radio a wacky promos. radio contest. Yeah, now you can't do shit. I mean, I, I worked in radio, and I remember like when that happened, they <laughs> came down, and we were doing some wild shit that was like I was. So at, there was occasions where I was like, they're going to fucking sue us. But yeah, it changed the game when that happened. Yeah, Is we, there like a legal team that's supposed to like pre-approve well, all this stuff? These corporations have giant legal teams that only act reactionary. So okay. it's like they don't really get ahead of things like that. But they give you like these release forms, which are horseshit. They can't really do anything. You make them sign it and you're like, well, I can do whatever I want. You even we used to write provisions in there that would be like we can change the rules of the contest at any point, like stuff like that, where it was like they didn't read it, you know. So we tried to cover our ass as much as possible. But at, I, I asked a lawyer and they're like, yeah, we can get around those things. Like the company would settle for a great deal of money. And that's yeah. what happened with the death of this woman. You know, I'm sure I forget, what, peace. I forget what company it is, but it was a giant corporation, obviously, so they could afford to pay millions of dollars. To well, this person. Our, <laughs> our country is super litigious and it's really I mean, 
to the extent where podcasting pretty much exists because of the FCC and because of all these like I mean you ever you ever try to listen to terrestrial radio these days I have the um so once in a while I'll be like bored with a podcast so I'll put on my CNN app every three minutes there's a five minute commercial yeah. you can't even there's no flow you we get so spoiled with podcasting that like there's no flow at all to like radio it's just zingers this that some chicks you know they, they, they do some you know they shove a wiffle bat up a vagina like the, 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 <laughs> yeah that, those days are over those days as are well. well. Yeah. Are you familiar with those days, Tasha? No. Was that Stern it was or was 90s, that... It was Opie and Anthony. Opie early Anthony. 2000s. I mean, shock jock stuff. Nobody's shocked by anything anymore. You they can't would, do that They had anymore. a contest to see who could, who's, how far up a wiffle ball bat they could get up. Yeah, talk about... Are you serious? Yeah, that's... But, but then... I be, can't. And then they just didn't acknowledge it on the radio. They spoke about it in a way that was like... And that was the art of it, to be honest with you. That's why... I mean, we could do that on a podcast and it would like... Sure, it would get X amount of hit, but it wouldn't be as wildly popular because, because they, they were gaming so wait, the system. You mean yeah, they yeah, weren't saying di- what was happening? They were, but they but were like, saying it in a way that was like innuendo, uh, innuendo, and like enough to just you know suggest certain things. It was that was the art of it. You know what I'm saying? Like to not, you can't literally be like discussing penetration on a yeah. public broadcast. But so. it's almost like kids in the back of the of the class giggling because yeah, one you guy's knew what doing they something. were saying, yeah. but they didn't say it. So it's like. That was the fun of it. But now with podcasting and with satellite radio and everything like that, that's what takes away that that whole thing. So now the shocking stuff isn't as shocking. Like well, yeah. saying fuck isn't like, oh, my God. You know, like when you would like. It's not even a swear word anymore. Like right. everyone says it. Right. They have to bleep it out every Oscars. But it happens on every yeah, live so show. Yeah. Like It's so wild, though, that like. Football players just yell it in the broadcast. Oh, yeah. Like, We're sorry about that. We're like, who cares? He just won the fuck. We ever watch an NBA <laughs> game because they can't bleep out a guy yelling fuck on the court. Court, Live, right? yeah, yeah. It just happens, and they're like, oh, they, they kind of just talk over it. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, they go, we or like, apologize for the language. Yeah, or like every stadium full of people yelling bullshit. You know, there'll be like 80,000 people all yelling bullshit or whatever. Out of call. Yeah. Or they'll have a close-up on the coach, and he's very clearly yelling like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, um, I studied abroad in France, and they put showgirls on, which is full nudity, and it was on their public TV. Oh, yeah. Europe doesn't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Their commercials have tits in them. Yeah. You were talking we, about showing skin earlier. Europe knows what's up. They're like, yeah. they have a, they're like, hey, check out these tits. And then they're like, Subway. You know, that's <laughs> like the ad for Subway. But we are probably. Isn't that better than like wiffle ball bat? Like, I mean, it's all the same, I guess. I mean, like, that's like, just one extreme example. Well, I guess, it's like once the, you take away the taboo and the shock, then it's not like leading to like a sort of derogatory weird thing well, that's kind of my point like radio you had to change and start doing things that were just like just funny you know what i mean like you couldn't be anymore an- yeah and that's why some of those guys lost careers because they just like they didn't know what to do anymore you yeah know? they had nowhere to go and they were like cornered and it's interesting for like uh like a uh, podcast like rogan he almost shies away from being funny you know what I mean? Like he almost does. They, he almost like if someone tells a joke, he goes ah. Like they don't even. It's it's now. It's more about just like having that longer conversation and not trying yeah. to like please people for that zinger. And it's kind of like the political debates. All these political debates have these ten second fucking. They're all just trying to get their zinger in. You'll like Anderson Cooper will ask a question. The answer will have nothing to do with it, but it'll be like a cool just saying that someone has and that's just it's almost we're just like we're i think over it as a society yet it still exists like media still exists that way but oh, i think yeah. we're I over mean, it i'll tell you i this is as re- this was in 2012 or whatever i had this conversation i worked for mark chernoff who like uh ran the talk division of cbs or whatever i was just a producer and he had a like a meeting with me and he was like okay so say we have the biggest star 
lined up for an interview. Let's say Taylor Swift at the time, you know. Uh, he goes, you you tape a 30-minute uh, interview with her. How much do you air? <laughs> and I go, all of it? Every <laughs> single second of it? He's like, no, no, no. Three minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you take the best three minutes, then you play that every 20 minutes. And I was like, fuck. This is why you're dying. Yeah. Dude. This is why this is over. Because that no one gives a shit about a sound. There's no connection to a soundbite. You could just be in your car, and you're just hearing this barrage of noise. And as someone who spends a lot of time in the car, I don't want to hear the same thing twice. Exactly. And, pe- and time spent listening is like this science in radio where it's like, well, you know, the the average listener listens for this amount of time, the longest and skews to this, the short. And so they're trying to, like, game the system. Exactly. Because, like, I had to be, at the time when I left radio, I was responsible for nine hours of content a day in some capacity or another, which was daunting. But at the same time, like, four of it was with music, so it's not that much, and et cetera, et cetera. But, like, you start to game the system and try and do the least amount of work. And then you're like, well, no one's giving a fuck. So who cares? Because it's over. You know what I mean? Like active listening is just done. People want to hear like what they want. They're choosing things. It's the same with television. Like how many TV shows and movies did you see because you were just flipping through the channels as a kid? Yeah. Now that doesn't happen. I mean, you weren't given a choice. This is the buffet. You eat the stuffed ziti. That's what you ate. Different. You have to. You have to. Like you don't passively listen. I guess passive listening is what I meant to say. You're not passively watching something or, or listening to something. Well, because we have You're choice. You're choosing them. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I listened to... I was on a road trip to Portland, Oregon last year with two other... With Jay Hollinsworth and, and uh, Kane Holloway. And there was a six-hour podcast. And we listened to the whole thing. That's on hilarious. the edge of our seats. It was amazing. And I remember thinking, like, oh, geez, who would listen to something long? And then you do it and you invest your time. I, when when Bernie Sanders was on Rogan last last week, I remember seeing it pop up on my YouTube. And I, saw, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then I saw it. And I was like, it's only an hour I was uh, I was like, upset. Oh, Dang. that it was only an hour also oh, would you know, i give her a four hour episode of that dude we were doing on your mom's house we were doing pod, uh like three plus hour podcasts though and you wouldn't believe how many people bitched about it really it's too long it takes me days to get there. it's like don't isn't that good like, <laughs> i don't know what you're complaining you got to do it for the guy in the forklift who's well, just like listening all day yeah i guess it depends on like people's ability to listen you're either like doing it while you're doing chores mowing the lawn house cleaning whatever or you have the kind of job where you can listen at your job yeah. or it's on your commute so like if you don't fall into one of those categories or your like, chores or everybody has their own like routine you kind of hope you can like infiltrate it in some and i guess the one thing with a long episode you might not get that new listener that's the kind of thing is but it's it's the podcast hit pause and come back when you're finished well that's the the thing people some people bitch and uh, it's amazing how many people bitch and moan but then there are the people that are like well yeah i listen to it like every day on my way to work i just stop it and then the next day i get back and i continue it again yeah it's so it's it's everyone it's, has their own method, I guess, you know? Yeah. And we've we don't we kind of just let the conversation be. We've had some episodes and again, we won't keep you all night, but we've had episodes where we've had the guests that just like, you know, we're trying. It's like halfway. Th- it's halfway through three hours and we're trying to wrap up. But then we just keep going. Oh, like sure. I love listening to those podcasts where they're like, all right, we got to get out of here. And then you're like, no, no, I know there's another two hours on this. What the fuck's <laughs> going to happen? Yeah, because you're just having a good time. And as you're about to wrap up, they just start talking about Bigfoot and you're like, all right, here we go. Well, that's well, like the beauty of it. Like with radio, I remember how many times you'd be like, oh, man, this was so fun. And it's done at 10 a.m. every day. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. whatever. The time is always the same. You can't go. It's not well. on demand. Yeah. 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 They have. They just have no shot with, with what's going on now. And now you've got. So you're working with. Well, your- there's a way. I mean, if they really invested in actual talent as opposed to just uh, B 
being bean counters and like trying to get a robot on there essentially and they're having these like now they're calling them like content cultivators instead of just radio DJs but if they would just accept what's going on and make podcasts out of their content and have like content that can compete which they can very well do if they invest in it but they won't they'll never do that that's the thing like yeah. but the ads model though commercial well, breaks on like, the radio cannot. itself but then if you compile like say it's a four-hour radio show if you just take all the commercials out of it put it online and put in like what the ads would be for a podcast it's the same you know what i mean then people can listen that way and that's another stream of revenue and they're and they are and they are getting there i listen to i listen to it's Bo- so boston slow. i listen to boston sports radio <laughs> on demand they've they fired all of my favorite djs in the last couple months they fired just because there were two and i'm not i'm a liberal guy but like yeah, they, but they don't have one, the money yeah there's just one conservative guy that they got rid of and i loved hearing him because he would rile up all these like liberal New Englanders. He Was just, it Kirk Minahan? Yeah, or yeah, Minahan. Yeah. So Minahan got fired a few months ago. They fired him right after he, um, you know, opened up that he was suicidal and all this stuff. And what? Yeah, he was suicidal. He went to a train station to jump off, and he didn't do it. And he, and <laughs> he talks about wild because you're on the air for five hours every day, so like you're living your mo- emotions and, sometimes. Like, yeah, you're, and there's people you're talking t- the whole time. There's people. Try- there were people trying to um, get him fired. So that so this was a company WEI that had the dump button in in the um, in like the VP's office. Yeah. So even when the guy wasn't listening to their 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 recording, if he heard them mention politics, he'd be like dump and he would just dump them. And they were like, what the fuck are we doing here? So he almost and he's obviously suffered from depression. He almost killed himself. And then he ended up getting fired. And then the other guy, um I'm drawing blanks on his name, uh, uh Callahan, not De- Dennis Callahan and whatever the other guy was, he was uh, on air for 30 years in Boston. They just asked him. So like they don't even want to hear the conservative viewpoint. And I love I love hearing that debate. That's what radio was supposed to be is the debate. You don't want everyone just if everyone has the same point of view, how do you talk every yeah. About that, but it, so so I think they're just driving more people to go to podcasts. Kirk Minahan, his podcast does a podcast huge. now. Yeah, it's huge. He does too. it on Barstool. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's huge. That his podcast on Barstool, which was a free newspaper just ten years ago. Uh, that that whole model like inspires. Like I yeah. I love. I'm like obsessed with studying how they've come we followed them around for a week um a couple years ago before they sold like a hundred million dollars of their company to churn in and they were and they were so they they were just blowing up and they weren't worth anything yet they still had like a they still had an office where everyone was crammed into like an old dental office yeah yeah and and then they've just blown up and now but they but now they because they've blown up so much they they can't all say what they want to say it was in medford right the yeah yeah now now they've like renovated it and they use it for shoots Oh really? He like bought. I think he bought the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Now he's got a. Now he's got a whole like floor and a building in the in Midtown yeah, New York City. Crazy. I mean, fuck you, money. Just fuck you. But it goes to show if you have a product people want, and their whole product, like we're talking about, Barstool's whole product was just not the fucking PC police. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. They'll it's cause, just content. They're just, just making content. content, and then people get offended by content and they just don't care that's yeah. really what it is yeah we were talking about this on another podcast about how how taboo sex is still really in, in, in our in our country you'll talk about um violence is just easier to talk about so we changed we kind of like changed the name from <laughs> that, sex. that's a very good point actually because so many women love these true crime things yeah they're upset that's like the main demo for true crime is women, women between like it. 25 54 and it's like sex is like while it's an open topic, it's one of those things where it's like you can step on landmines during. Do you know what I mean? Like you could yeah. fuck up and be like, well, that's triggered me and whatever, you know. So. Yeah. So we, what we've noticed is that instead of calling ourselves a sex actually podcast, 
we would just call ourselves the SAP. We just kind of shorten it because it's like I'd rather I'd rather you not know what the SAP is than you be like oh that no because it's it's just part of our culture. Some episodes we get in with our guests really about the ins and outs of their sex life, and sometimes it's about like did their mom hug them enough growing up? You just it's <laughs> yeah. whatever it feels like it wants to be, but that's that's not what the national conversation has been about with sex. I mean, did you growing up? Did you have birds and the bees talk? Did you have parents that explain this shit to you? I found out about sex from television. I feel like everyone in the nineties did. <laughs> Most people <laughs> like at least a, in the suburbs, like a late night something or like a movie or what? Well, like. You know, just watching like Beavis and Butthead or something. You know what I'm saying? Like you heard about it and you'd be like, what is that? I remember like, <clears throat> excuse me. I remember my buddy Nate and I being like, so I'll be like, so what is sex? And he'd be like, oh, see, it's like the man's sperm comes out of his penis and then the woman <laughs> sleeps in the bed the next day and then it goes inside her and it makes a baby or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> this seems like it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> did you have did uh, did you have any presumptions before you knew what it was? I don't even know when I knew what it was. I feel like when I was in elementary school, I had um a friend, a classmate who had two older brothers that were like much older. They were teenagers, so this was probably like first or second grade. But she had like teenage brothers, so she mm. knew about sex. So she kind of explained it to us, but we still didn't know like yeah uh, what exactly yeah. was going on. Well, I've said this before, but I thought the vagina was right below the belly button. So I thought sex would have been more like right into the right into the girl. That's so- what I assumed as well. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like a my penis is, sticks out of my body laterally, and I thought it would just go straight into the stomach Some or like o- below alien the stomach. Yeah. kind of probing thing. Yeah, I didn't so- think it went like up and in. I was like, oh, yeah, like, right. Yeah. You're exactly. Yeah. No, no. I, so I thought I- it went straight down into the woman, like during missionary. I'm still learning this, but like, yeah. So I'd watch like a sex scene in a movie, or even like an implied sex scene, and you'd be like, I don't know what they're fucking doing, but that's not. He's just- going. He's thrusting upwards. Yeah. And she's what like- does that mean? And then I saw, and then I see a vagina, and I go, "That's not where it is." It looked like it fell down, like it got like hot, and like the vagina <laughs> fell down, it. melted to the bottom. It's like a Sal- Salvador Dali painting. Did you? Was the dick where you thought it would be, Tasha? That's a good yeah, question. Because did. you didn't think it was just sticking right out, like a or maybe, branch I on mean, a tree. Because it kind of does stick right out. I think that's why we thought the hole was where the penis is, because it kind of sticks out from yeah. us. If the penis dangled. Where the vagina is, you know, like straight up between our legs, like down. Yeah, That'd like really. I thought it was just a, yeah. sort of in front a of slit, your legs. right? A slit underneath the belly button. So I saw. This is true. I saw Pamela Anis. I was in a like a music. It was called the Music Box. It was a music store where they would have like racy posters in the back. So you would flip through the posters. They'd be in the giant plastic dividers. How old were you? Twenty nine, I think. <laughs> I was probably like, yeah, probably like eleven, yeah, ten, eleven. I probably saw my first porn when I was twelve, so maybe nine, maybe nine or ten. And um, and I, so I thought I had it all figured out. I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm a human. Like I, like you, we got to give credit to nine and ten year olds. They know a lot of shit. You absorb a lot. And I just, and how so, did we do it before the internet? It was all like. This is how you did it. You yeah. had to look. So I went and go. I see Pam Anderson, and she had booty shorts on, unbuttoned, and like in like rolled down. So the zipper was down, and you still couldn't see where the you know the tracheotomy hole was supposed to be for her <laughs> vagina. Did I pronounce it right? Tracheotomy. I, I don't know. So I was like, where the fuck is her vagina? And I'm just looking at this at like noon. <laughs> You know, and I'm just like I'm, a, but I'm also like trying to I'm trying to look at it with my Catholic Sneakily. guilt and not yeah no. So I'm like I've got it stacked, you know, creaked open. And I'm like, where's the fucking vagina? <laughs> and that's the story of my like for the next couple of years. <laughs> I was seeking out trying to find the vagina, dude. I remember like 
vividly. Pam Anderson was like a huge part of my life in puberty and like her Barb Wire poster. Remember that yes. movie, Barb Wire? Yes. What the fuck happened to Pamela Anderson? But anyhow, I remember like she was in Playboy and I'm old enough where right as I started getting like erections, I guess. I don't know, like seventh grade for me was 98, 99 that yep. time. So it was like I remember having a Playboy in the woods that we would all like. It was like buried in a box somewhere. Yeah. Like yeah. you had to like had you knew the and then X literally the spot two years later, you know, we're fourteen. Dial-up internet comes about, so we're yep. like, "Fuck this!" You know what I mean? Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then it goes down one. It goes one pixel at a time from top to bottom. The image. So like you're just waiting. Yeah, it's like skink, skink, skink. But it's, it, it's there like, was no videos. By the way, it was like borderline gifts and definitely just pictures. And they would have, you know, you'd have the the first like porn that i remember was my buddy brad had uh like his dad was a real scoundrel he's like an old man and he had like a stack of playboys that he kept like above one of these like curio cabinets like in their house and we discovered them and we'd go to his house every day and like find him and then he goes i just figured out something else and he like opened this drawer and there was vhs tapes in there and that's the first porn i ever saw where i was like jesus were you guys worried about rewinding it to the spot because that was the thing. His you, dad you, was a little out of it at the time. Okay. Like his dad was one of those dads where it was like very much older than he like the rest of your dads were. <laughs> so yeah. he would he definitely wasn't noticing. We wouldn't even like we stopped even giving a shit about putting the Playboys back like to the point where they were like in the same. <laughs> you got we just throw it. Yeah, exactly. We didn't. They never caught us. It was wild. <laughs> Do you remember your first porn you saw, Tasha? Um, live a I little, lived, Tasha. No, Come I'm on. really trying to think, but I. I don't want to blow up anybody's spot in case anyone's listening to this episode, but somebody's dad had Playboys in the basement and we would sneak at the Playboys. They were like so hidden away in bins. This had to have been, what, 2013? Like, how old are you? <laughs> she's no, she's I, almost our age. Oh, okay. She's close. I thought, yeah, I was I'm like, a, you're like, what, 23? I was like, there's nobody who still has Playboy. She they was, have no nudity in them? She was born in the 80s. No, they have nudity <laughs> oh, okay. now. No, they have, they have, yeah, they've gotten rid of it. For yeah, one year, they, they got have, rid of it. Oh, they brought it back? They yeah, brought they it brought back. it back. Oh, well, they, they realized they were fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> they really did. They were like, oh, yeah, people are like, just go to Instagram now if there's no nudity. Because uh, that's all that really was, was just Insta- hard copy Instagram. That's what no nudity. You know, I like that they had be. celebrities. Like, it was a real deal, like, when I was of coming of age for celebrities to do it. I remember they had, like, um, the chick who played, like, the Lara Croft model yeah like somebody turns 18 and then like well, playboy offers them that's like wild lots i don't of... remember any of those but well, yes, do you remember jessica that definitely Be- happened in the 80s though, do you remember jessica sure. beale when she turned 18 she was on um seventh heaven you know what i'm yes, talking about yes. she, was, and then she just, did playboy right i don't know i don't think she ever showed her tits but i'm telling you the amount the amount of loads roped i'm sorry tasha Due, due to Jessica I was a Beale. beverly mitchell fan to be honest there you go you. beverly mitchell had nice tits too she was, was very weird watching a christian show wanting to fuck everyone on the show yeah but they it were. turns out the dad was a massive pedophile and the dad was a pedophile yeah like what a, a weird one. i could you I, I could watch a documentary on that show yeah for sure because who would have thought that the older sister would be justin timberlake's wife i mean like she really catapulted the dad's a pedophile he he goes to prison i think his wife or ex-wife shared tapes of him confessing to being a yeah. pedophile yeah yeah there's audio of it yep and oh, yep he confessed it i think to like his therapist i mean like i'm not saying i'm not sympathetic yeah, there was some hipaa like, things there but it was kind of like <laughs> all right I'm glad we got the, got rid of this fucking and guy. And then Beverly yeah. Mitchell had had uh, had a rack on her, and and back then that would be it. That's all you needed. When she she posed for like Maxim with like the whole like just covering her nipple, and she was 18. And I, I mean, I'm you know 
I, it would be creepy now to be like some 18 year old, but like I was probably 14. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. like that would. Blow 18 seems so old to my, you. My my the first like, that's time an adult woman. I um I wish this could be, I wish this could be a bit what I'm about to say, but there's no like it's just a story. But the first time I rode a train alone from New York back to Rhode Island, I was visiting family. My sister and I rode the train back, and I was like. 11 and um she sat somewhere else and i said we weren't you know when you're at that age you don't talk to your siblings i just like sat by myself i sat next to this dude and he had a maxim and he was reading the maxim one page at a time and then he and then and i'm sitting there the whole time just like (laughs) because you know you can't really you can look at it was he just straight up reading the maxim i don't know what he was doing have it like because i've seen tons of people with the in the newspaper movie maybe maybe because i I looked at him as like an adult, but he was probably like a 25-year-old, whatever. But I think he had a business suit on. He was commuting. And I just remember like really – because you can only see so much by like – you know, you have to you have to really cock your head when when the tits come out. You got to really look for it. <laughs> and I remember he got up, and he was probably super annoyed by me. But he got up and he goes, "Here you go, kid." And he gave me the max. That's hilarious. I kept that shit. I think it was Eliza Dushku. Might have been that. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I feel like man, maybe it was someone else. But I remember I kept that thing forever. It was mind blowing. <laughs> Where did you hide it? I don't know. I mean, it, did you my need parent- to hide a maxim. I remember my uncles like having it just in their bathroom. You know, it was like with the fucking you know because it was like a car magazine was next to it or yeah. whatever you, know? you could get away with it but that, they weren't naked yeah right but now i feel like my mom was like offended by the victoria's secret catalog <laughs> probably like, <laughs> sure i'm sure but the, the crazy part is is like once instagram became what it is and we have sort of a social currency for like women i mean don't get me wrong today we're at the beach i'm 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 taking tasha's photos and i'm like spread your knees a little bit to get the light between the thighs you know what i mean i'm trying like, to get the thigh well, dude, now i swear to god like instagram has broken my brain because now you get to see girls in your everyday life in those types of pictures. Yeah, everything. You, know? you can hashtag. No people are bra. like, "Oh yeah, filters and blah." I'm like, "I don't care." Like they're doing filters on magazines and shit. I don't give a exactly. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's like watching a magazine. Full time retouchers. Yeah. It's wild. And don't get me wrong. There's a price to pay. I know everyone we talk to that's in that in Tasha's modeling world hates that. Like you got to pull stunts now. You know, you got to you got to walk through the Vegas airport in a bikini now. You know what I mean? Like you got to do crazy shit. Well, it's just like you. Uni- it- modeling has always been well until now like you do shoots you build your portfolio and that's how you like that's what you have to show for it right but now it's like you have to have a shoot every day yeah like because you you have to to do the work and put in all the effort and go out and do all the things and now it's like here's a picture of my tits i'm a model and they like usurp or like appropriate your uh hard work probably well it's just it's just hard like it it becomes like way more like it it already was a full-time job right but like it becomes so overwhelming to think that you have to be creating like high quality beautiful content every day just to like stay relevant yeah but, but, but you're also realizing you can just do it with your iPhone. Like, I can take your photo, and that's as good. Yeah, but it was still 20 minutes out of our beach day but that's to be also, like, oh, the light's not right. And Let I'm sure turn. that's what also dilutes the uh, dilutes everything, so you have to try and do extra things to stand out. Because there is an iPhone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, And everybody can just take a Exa- picture Anybody can do it. And so now you have to like stand out and do something. Like you were saying, a stunt or whatever. Yeah, like in, in Tasha's world, you know, when, when it's like a campaign or something, they're casting full beauty there's a lot of aspects to it in the instagram world you got you need an ass or tits or whatever you whatever your thing is that thickness that whatever that hotness is that's all you need you can be like 
and you can make a ton of well, money. Well, that has that. make it made it sort of democratic that people who would otherwise have been sort of shut out from the industry in years past because they're too short or they're too curvy or they're too ethnic or whatever are now able to build their own followings of people who appreciate that because I do think that like taste has changed mm-hmm. and and beauty is so diverse, but. I don't know. It it's just now now it is in our control, and now I wish I had really just had somebody <laughs> managing it for me. But, you know but you're right. How how you're you're right. How wild it is. So like I said, like our friend Raquel, who's on the podcast, we found out while we were recording that she was a playmate, and and I'm being as respectful as possible. And I know she listens to the podcast. So hi Raquel, how are you? Hi. But I'm also in my head going, I need to know the correct spelling of your name because I need to Google you after. And I don't mean that. And we had Tasha Rain on, who's a porn star. And it's like, I need to see you. I'm going to be watching you do anal now. Like, I'm, <laughs> that's what is, that's the next logical step. If you're going to be a, po- if you're a porn star guest, you don't think everyone's going to Google who, what they are. Even Raquel, she started stand up and she made a joke about that on stage where she's like, now that, you know, I, I'm a playmate of the year. So enjoy Googling me. And, you know, like they, she's kind of, she's very aware of it. Which now, is how nice. many Instagram followers does she have? 670,000. Yeah, that's insane. See, yeah, yeah. that's wild. You got a good, you got a good chunk. I mean, I'm, com- I, I don't do anything on it, <laughs> you know? And I actually had a manager tell me that he's like, mm, I noticed you promote your shows on there. That's great. But you gotta like Ugh. post stuff, yeah. And I was like, "All, all right, I guess so." But then it's like, well, where do I get this content? It's I don't like, do I ever really want to do it. Spend yeah. two hours of my day coming up with an idea, yeah, shooting it, editing it, posting <laughs> the amount of time, it, and and then getting only one hundred likes because <laughs> you know people the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. I posted you know some you know a stand up clip with subtitles, and that that helps the algorithm because people then read it, and then the longer they're looking at it, the the better it does. And it's true that you get thousands of views that you might not have gotten just because of people will initially watch it. And so I had a buddy of mine who. A comic who's a past podcast guest go, dude, man, I love your subtitles. If if I give you twenty bucks, will you do it for me? And I go, fuck no, man. That yeah, took a so lot of time. Hard. It takes a lot bucks? of time, dude. I probably wouldn't do it for a hundred bucks because yeah. it would still take me a couple hours, and then I'm just helping your brand. Yeah, out. you got to get a day rate for that. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I just um, I don't know. I love Instagram as a consumer of it. I'm definitely like. I fucking if you have a thirst trap, I'm walking straight into it. Like, <laughs> I am like a bad animal. Like I'll just if I see a net, I'll be like, oh, there's a net over there, and I'll walk into it. That's yeah. how I would be if I was a bear or something, you know. But so I mean, it's weird going from just using it to like having people follow me all of a sudden. Yeah. So it's like yeah, oh, shit. because the consumer versus creator creator barrier is like well, yeah. we'll get stuck in there. And, I'll be and like, now people are like messaging me, be like, I saw you like this girls. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna like all the girls things. Yeah, so. that's crazy. <laughs> they can be like Josh Potter like these, and it'll be like tit tit tit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. I I I even said that to somebody. I'm like, and so like some guy like called me. I was like, like so what, dude. Yeah, what's well, your point? We we um you know we we uh, I recap the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise whatever and, you know it's, it's just it's kind of like a joke writing exercise. We watch the show; it's all gossipy. I just roast it, but then but then some of these people are so nuts they'll follow they'll be like Tyler started following Gigi Hadid. Gigi Hadid followed Tyler back, and oh, they, that's they, wild stuff. They yeah. know all that shit, so that's all trackable. It's insane. Yeah. I- that's a little scary. I don't even know like how to look at that stuff. I'm glad I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I caught this. I know I- how to look at the pictures. <laughs> That's my favorite part. So. I uh I went on 
<laughs> this is a funny story. I went on ta- I went on our dog's Instagram because Tasha posted a photo for a brand deal and she was like, oh, it's not performing well. I like it. And you know how at the beginning, so, well, maybe you don't know, but like if your brand doesn't perform within the first Tasha. three. Maybe you don't I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't have a- if, so basically the algorithm is constantly changing with Instagram, right? But you if you want a photo to perform it needs to perform immediately so people try and post it at the best time they're in these things called like pods groups of people that like always like and comment on each other's posts as soon as it goes up because they know that like pods right 20 there'll be 20 chicks in the in a private message right yeah i got stuck in one of them once and it's like and then you'll some post a photo and it'll be 20 she'll like i just posted a photo so then i'll fucking sexy blah 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 and then like i and so i was in the group but it's all to try and beat the algorithm because the sad thing is is that if people don't stop pause look at it click like in those first minute to three minutes you're fucked you're completely fucked so it could be getting money yeah or just getting likes yeah okay you know um so you really need people to like jump in right away so that your followers will be able to see it because you know people like Raquel or myself people who have big followings it's like you have a following of 700,000 people but if it doesn't perform for the first 10 people who see it then Instagram thinks it sucks and it won't show it to anybody else now say I'm like a habitual liker of yours like and I'm just like like I'm everything I see do your things then show up on my feed? For sure. Yeah. Because sure. I've noticed that also. Yeah. Yeah. Even I I've like, always thought this. If you zoom in on a chick's butt, it knows. It knows. It when knows? You, I'm sure it knows. It knows when you... That <laughs> it mission, knows when you pause. That mission, that uh, minority report where you just like zoom in and it's just like you're in the brown eye. Yeah. I feel knows. like I pause on every... I mean, maybe I don't follow enough people, but I feel like I just look at every... I, I, there was a time when somebody was like, you need to be more discriminate with your likes someone said that because <laughs> i'll just go through and literally like everything i see if, Don't unless it's like, but that's like the but, best way to keep your feed democratic well like, that's, that's the way how I, you I was like know. well this way then if i like 16 asses they're not gonna see that because there's gonna be like a bunch of shit in between yeah <laughs> you're an equal ass opportunity you'll yeah. like so anyway it's like a person i hate so i got I my like account them. i got the <laughs> sap the dot sap the saps podcast account i got that and then we got the boon boons account the dog's account so i go on the, the accounts to like tasha's shit so then i get onto the dog's account and i see that our dog is following tasha's ex and i go what i unfollowed him i go i'm sorry <laughs> you're done you're done i don't need to see and the fact is it i've prob- done that too i've used other accounts to spy yeah well i didn't mean to it just i wasn't even in that mindset but i was like i don't need you i'm not trying to comment on tasha's shit help her out and see that her ex uh my dog follows her ex yeah but it's good then does the does the ex follow the dog the ex follows the dog well see that's good because then you're he's basically giving you money yeah but then the ex followed a video i made of the dog and i'm like too much too much bro i would love it i'd be like see what see what you're missing out on the, our audience must think I'm crazy. We got a flower guy who lives downstairs that's been giving Tasha flowers named Raul, and I'm fucking upset about it. And I don't. <laughs> and that's just his job. He's yeah, just he's, like, yeah. I got an extra one here. He's a florist. Yeah, that's literally it. And hey, Dave like can't a, get it through his head. I got an extra flower here. It'd be like if he has a bagel maker and he's just like, I'm going to throw these out. You Bro's wanna? trying to carbo yeah. load my girl. Yeah. No, he put them in a vase. He put them in a vase. <laughs> right? 
Did he one not time, put it? Did he but, not put no, them in a vase? They were already. I think that's the thing. Is like they're not just like a florist that sells flowers every day. Like he could keep it and sell it the next day. I'm, they do events. Yeah, they have so to get like, rid of them. Yeah. yeah so they probably a did a play, wedding or a prom it. or whatever. But then, and, but then look over there. I got these roses, right? And all I got her roses a couple days ago. They all dead, but one stuck up. You know what? Hold on. So I go. I go. Wow. One of them still doing good. <laughs> that's a good rose. And she goes. That's not from your roses. She goes, <laughs> polluted your roses. Where? Who's that rose from? A girl on the street. A girl on the street gave you a rose. Yeah. That sounds suspicious. That guy, though, that guy downstairs is doing, he's got a real game. Because you know, like like I said, you know that he isn't doing anything extra to achieve these flowers. They're just like extra flowers. Leftover flowers. And he's like, here you go. And then like, you're jealous. <laughs> Maybe she's like, oh, cool. I got a flower. And then like. You know, he could do that with 10 girls. Yeah, he could be super, <laughs> super gay. And it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. He like, has such a ripple effect right. on like, the He community. knows what he's doing. He's like, I can, I can maybe get some numbers with these flowers. He's like, I don't know. I got all how these many extra guys, flowers. How many guys? There's jealous boyfriends. But that's yeah. the problem is how many guys' mindsets are fucked up because of Raul down there is Mother Teresa. I think of he's the, the man. I'm fucking angry. So I, I want, like his side hustle. <laughs> I need to get him listening to the podcast so he can understand my true feelings about this. But no, good for him. He's, sit, he's sitting in a box truck, you know, like with refrigerated flowers and a hot chick walks by. Like, yeah, go. Give right. Flowers. I get it. Then, he, get then it. the girl's like, oh, my God, really? And he's like, mm, you know, I get, this costs like 17 bucks. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> the hand job. Let me follow yeah. you. I think I'm going to tie it all together. I think Raul should be able to search Instagram and know that you walked by and so he can see what your photos oh my look God. like. That sounds That's like so such a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I'm, sa- I'm telling you this, This Tasha, sounds like every girl I know has how I 20 would manipulate stalkers. That, though. Yeah, I would manipulate that to my advantage. Well, but uh, 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 so if, like, if, if I was at the gym and a chick walked by, I, I don't even look at her face, right, Tasha? I'm not even looking at her face. But if a chick walked by, it would be interesting to be able to go on your Instagram and be like, whoa. I'm just saying this may exist very shortly in the future. I feel like that's right out of like a sci-fi sort of movie. It already kind of exists. Like I've had crushes on female comics and I've been like, oh, well, they're going to be at this show tonight. I guess I could just like pop in there. But then I don't do it because I'm like, that's such a creepy move. There's no way I could just show up alone and be like, hey, yo, I'm just checking out the show. It's like. Duh. Well, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just Enough. I, I totally get the way you think. I'm the same way. Imagine, because I don't think this exists. Imagine if some chick showed up to your show because she knew you were performing there and, and it, not to see your comedy. It's happened. You've had girls show up? Yeah, I had a girl uh, show up to a show. I did, I did an hour at the Improv Lab and I had like slept with this girl, like a one night stand kind of thing. And it was kind of a random thing and I wasn't really like feeling it beyond that. And she texted me. She's like, is it cool if I still come to your show? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. People are, I'm not like giving her a ticket or anything. You know, she showed up. I thought she was going to come with like friends or whatever. She showed up alone and I was with another girl Wow. and she got very upset <laughs> and like was crying and stuff. It was Had like, you not been like forthcoming no, with I was her? Quite, that, like, I was quite. Wait, did she get upset no before on. your set? No, this was at the end of the oh. night. Thank God, I didn't see her. It sounds mind like fuck. she still thought that there was like a chance. That yeah, yeah, she was thought we happen. would like hook up again. Yeah, but also way to make your big night about her. Wait, of you know course, what I, mean? I, I, dude, yeah, I said the get, same thing. I go, Hollywood this improv. is a big. <laughs> I'm running my hour at the lab for the first time. I sold it out. You know, it's only fifty tickets, but it's like I don't live here. I don't even know fifty people here, so it was a big deal. And then for her to like just pop in like alone, like when she said. Trust me. I mean, I would love to show you the text message exchange. It was very curt, very short. I don't think we should hang out again kind of thing. 
And then she was like, well, I still want to come to your show. And I was like, I don't A lot of people are coming. I'd love to sell the tickets, you know, please Aww. come or whatever. I don't care. You know, so I thought she was going to come with people. It sounded like she thought that like she was going to wear like a low cut top and change her mind. Well, she didn't even do that. So if that <laughs> listen, was if case, she's a big yeah. fan of yours and she's listening to the podcast, thank you for rating and reviewing and join our Patreon. It's patreon.com. Well, slash yeah. Yourself. So I was a little like miffed about that, but I was like, I'm sorry. Like she was annoyed that I was with another girl and she started crying and stuff. And she was like, I came here. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm s- I don't know what to tell you. I'm very sorry that you are upset by this, but I don't think that. I've done anything to like lead you on in this. Scenario. And maybe she like, needed that in her own way. Like, you know, you, you might have done her a favor, you know, to, un- but unfortunately it had to happen on your big night. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I was a little annoyed by that part of it for sure. And I definitely like, it's not like I hold a grudge against this girl. I've seen her since again. And, uh, not like in a room. I've just seen her around. She started coming to open mics, which is weird to see you. No, no, no. To perform, oh. which is a little like, okay, she wasn't doing fine. comedy before. Not that I, she never said that to me. That's how good you were in bed, is that you, you, you fucked her into becoming a comic. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. I think it might be <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> you but fucked it, her up, her head up enough that she wanted to It was to all get. very strange, but it's like, you know, um, I forgot even why I brought that up. Oh, because you were talking about girl, like if you, like if I how to, you find how that. I want it, like, but I'm a comic, so I could just be like, oh, I wanted to see if I like, maybe uh, I can get a spot on the next one or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like well, what's, I could your, lie what's your dating strategy right now? What do you, like, how do you meet women? Uh, I'm lucky enough where I'm on a podcast where the host of it, like directly solicits women to like hit me up so like they think it's like a fun thing or whatever so they do that <laughs> that's great but, that uh, is so great that they have you so we didn't even mention this really before but you are now you work with uh, Tom Segura and Christina P and they they're a married couple that yeah. are huge stand up comedians they're both on Netflix their bo- their podcast is an empire and they're like they're they're a really cool vibe and you get to be the single guy yeah, that they want to get laid. Exactly. So they that's like living fun. vicariously through you, I guess. I've never, I never had sex until I started doing comedy, which was both at twenty two. <laughs> so very. Wow. Late. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. So I mean, it's not terrible, but I, uh, it is pretty late. I, I, I even hear like I, I was listening to like Pete Holmes talk, and he was like very religious. He's like, I didn't lose my virginity until I was twenty one. Like, <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even religious. I just was a loser, you know. Yeah. So it like took doing stand up to. You know, get but laid to be quite honest. It's, it's been my strategy ever since. Like, it's easier to get laid after a, a woman watches me do stand. But look, a guy who's good at skateboarding is going to meet a chick because she adores how good he is exactly. at skateboarding. It's a, it doesn't. It's you've got a skill. You're going to Liam Neeson that skill, and then that's it. That's your skill. Right. And you might meet someone, but not now. Even if you meet a, a, a lady at a bar, you're still going to use the skill of performing. You're still going to. You know what I mean? It's harder to be con- quite honest with you. Like one on one, I'm very shy. I'm like uh, introverted, and it's tough to like make the same impression. Like I can be that way after I get off stage with a with a woman, and they just saw me do that, so they're like they they take it as like you being humble or like sort of well, demure yeah. because they just saw you crush it, so well, they yeah. might so expect you to like be an humble, asshole. But they just know it's one, you know, like they know a girl just seeing out of the gate me be like shy or whatever is like a bad look. You know, it's comes off as unconfident. You know, I'm not batting a thousand in the looks department, so they're well, kind of just like, get the fuck out. I think this? everybody is most attractive when they're doing something that they love and doing it successfully, well, yeah. right? There's nothing better that's than seeing someone than... like really in their element and succeeding at it. Yes, that's more of it than the passion up for it, I think. And we get a lot of guys that, that mention like, oh, how can I attract so-and-so or this or that? And the truth is, is you have to find what your passion is in life and start getting good at it, and you'll instantly... 
or not instantly, but the, once you start mastering that passion and work hard towards it, you'll gravitate people that respect that passion. They'll they'll just respect it. Yeah. So like you started comedy at 22. How did you go about meeting and having sex with that first girl? She saw me do a show. Well, I was on the radio at the same time, so she actually like knew me from the radio, but then like started coming out to comedy shows, and so she would see me there, and then like I don't know, I just we started like quasi dating or whatever. So how was the, was the, how was the first time? You're 22 years old. I mean, it was fine. It was um, it was kind of weird. She was older than me by like four years, so she was like 26 or 27, and she was very much more experienced than me, and I didn't know what was what I was really doing. And uh, so, like, we're having did sex. Did she know I, that it was your first time? I did. I told her I was okay. a virgin, which she was very appalled about. <laughs> I remember the first time, like, because we were about to have sex one time, and I told her we were, I was a virgin, and she was like, she acted like she was going to throw up. She was like, what? Like, you're 22. So <laughs> we didn't have sex that night. We just talked about it. And then, like, uh, the next night, she was like, well, because I told her, I go, I lived at my parents' house at the time. I was, like, between apartments. I was like, you, my parents are going to be gone for like two weeks if you want to like hang out or whatever and she was like well let's uh let's get the first one out of the way first and i was like okay because she was like that's probably gonna be the worst one or something <laughs> like that and so i was like oh god okay so like we had the sex and we're doing it <laughs> and it's like going okay i feel like i'm doing it right or whatever and then she goes did you come yet and i go no i don't or i said i don't think so and she goes you would fucking know she got like very upset with me <laughs> And so I just never finished that time. But then we had sex like a couple more times and then we stopped hanging out. That's a great... But, uh, uh, it was bad. And then Did she you goes, have just like performance anxiety? I don't even know what it was. Or it was, like just... Because I imagine the first, it was my time, first time you time do anything, a condom. you're like nervous about yeah, it. Yeah, it was my first time wearing a condom. I had an erection. I was having sex with her, but she was like expecting me to have come out or something already. And then I remember she asked me afterwards, she goes like, what's your biggest fantasy? And I was like, well, I mean, that right there kind of was <laughs> a big part of it. I mean, maybe some of the other positions. I don't know. Uh, let's keep doing that a little bit more before I come up with something extravagant. And then she told me her biggest fantasy was like pegging me. What's wow. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, my gosh. What's that? That's Please, when the you. woman wears a strap on and then like fucks Puts the guy. Puts it on your booty. Ass. Yeah. <gasps> Puts so in your booty. I, I said it pretty blatant. I'm like, fucks the yeah, guy. Dodge is so, puts it in your booty? That was a good over job. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean like, and while I still probably wouldn't do that, I would at least have that conversation and be like, well, tell me why you're really into that and like maybe we can figure something out. But back then I was like 22 and I just had missionary sex for the first time. So I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I was very. You like, never upset. put a condom on until you had sex, because I used no. to always like. I, I didn't even want to do it then. Yeah. Well, that's Wait, it. You put. I remember I went camping with my buddies and we went to CVS and bought condoms and I accidentally and I we all and I passed them. We each got one. We bought like a three pack and um, I bought the unlubed one. So I bought condoms oh, no. that were just like they're basically just surgical gloves. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a surgical sleep. So, but, of a but glove, I, yeah. yeah, I put it on and I was all excited to put it on. I was, I don't know. I was just, what'd you do with it once it was on? I mean, jerk off. I, I, yeah, That's I think in, in that case, that. it was a dry condom. It was the only time I've ever worn a non lubricated condom. <laughs> so I probably didn't jerk off. Was it dry it. on the inside? The whole too? thing was like powdery, Ew. that normal. Oh my God. Yeah. Like talcum. Oh my God. Yeah. That's my like. I think that's. I don't want to say. <laughs> I didn't that even know it, that's what I got. Ugh, I don't even want to say like that's my 
aversion to condoms. It sounds like such a douchey thing to say, but it's always been the fact that it is so surgical. It's like a glove, like a surgical glove. I hate hospitals. Yeah. I hate talcum powder and all but that. But condoms, fucking... condoms make you last longer. So like when you go raw, when you have raw sex, women don't understand this. It might feel better for women, but when it means it feels better for men, it means you're going to fucking not last long. It's well, like I a... don't know that you know this about me or not, and this has something to do with my virginity story, but I suffer from delayed ejaculation. So last thing, the condom, I might as well not even have sex. Interesting. Because it's like, I don't feel anything. So like, you can't, it's not you have a hard worth. time finishing? Yeah, I don't finish at all. Like, I can keep going and going, but the the woman has never been able to, like, uh, extrapolate it from me. What I have to finish that? myself. I don't know. I haven't That's figured. a good it, thing to have. There's a lot. It's a. It sounds like a good thing to have, but there are women who hate that. There are some women who just want, like, well, run-of-the-mill... <laughs> Well, hold on, Tasha, can I... As a woman, you can express, like, going forever probably is annoying, and they get self-conscious about it. Their self-esteem gets... Well, and then you just, like, run out of juices eventually. Of course, yeah. And uh, then you're dry, and they're like... I need a glass of water. I've experienced both ends of it, where I've been a two-pump chump, and I've also been like, look, I've passed the window where I'm going to finish. Everything feels numb now. I've had too much sex, but... When you're too drunk. I do want to... I have to do a product placement for our our sponsor. No, but this... you want to do the pre-sponsored no, no, no. talk? Go ahead. Go so ahead. no, so we're sponsored by a product. I'm going to give it to you. You don't need it, but this is good it. to have if you have friends. It's called Promescent. It's a it's a climax control spray. I guess you don't need this, but if it what it is, oh, I wish it was like. I wish this was like straight up dick pills because I've been playing with dick pills. I don't know. I've, I thought I talked to you about that too. I'm like. Real hyped on the like dick pill game right now, like boner pills. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I don't even need them, but it's like well, steroids. Wait, like um, the what's the not the pros? What's it called? I'll use extends. I'll do Seattle, whatever I can get. I'm trying to get on that pharmaceutical. Okay. Shit. Well, I'll tell you about. The, I know you don't need this, but oh, for this our, is an ad for read. Sorry, No, 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 no. You're good. You're part of the read. For so it's it's called Promescent. It's a general desensitizing spray, and the only active ingredients is lidocaine. But what it does is you spray it on your dick. And again, this isn't for you, but I've I've used this before, and <laughs> and I've had I've had experiences before where I've literally been so excited to have sex that within one or two pumps I mean I've, I, I again I think you're in a good place where this isn't your problem but I've talked to many no. a comic that like they literally are so you get that emotional foreplay you're ready to go and then it's like oh boy I mean I <laughs> I knew a girl from college a, a friend of mine who she, she used to I, I have to be I don't want to be specific but she, she was in our friend circle and was dating my roommate and he he would cut she would touch him and he would come and then he goes look what you made me do that's what he <laughs> I shouldn't even have said it like Taylor Swift he goes look what you made me do <laughs> That's a great <laughs> premature ejaculation song from Taylor Swift, old Tay Tay. And he goes, oh, well, you made me do, but like maybe he, maybe whatever his issue was, what you do is you go, look, all right, we're about to have sex. Five minutes before sex, eight minutes before sex, you spray it on, you let it soak in, and then it just kind of numbs the subdermis, whatever it's. It's um, anyway. So the for our listeners, if you want to try this, first of all, if you want to try this, come to our Mimosa stand up show. I've been passing this out, or be a guest on the podcast, and I'll give it out. But you can go to delayspray.com. The code is. Sap fifteen for fifteen percent off, and uh, yeah, it's a really um, you know it's one of our first uh, sponsors that we because it's very specific to the sex game that we felt like it'd be a good sponsor to have. Um, discreet shipping, all that shit, because you know the orgasm gap is where you know mainly it takes women what about fifteen minutes, sixteen minutes, or it says right here eighteen minutes, sixteen 18 to minutes. eighteen minutes, sixteen to eighteen minutes. So yeah, it takes women sixteen eighteen minutes to you knew orgasm. That was a copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked about it. <laughs> but men can men, you know, it can be five minutes, and that's like r- rigorous. You know what I mean? Like 
going at it. Whereas like, I'm like, oh, let's try this position. And really I'm just like, you know, the basketball player during a timeout, you know, trying to sip some water and, and wipe my uh, <laughs> sweat off my brow. You know what I mean? But, uh, but uh, it's an interesting uh, thought because there aren't many products for men. You I would love if uh, this company, uh, Promescent, they, expe- they put out another line that does the reverse effect. That makes you come quicker. Speeds me up. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's 8% of males out there that have my condition I've read. So have you tried any of the like toys or anything in terms of what? Like a cock ring? Yeah. That has like vibrating technology. I haven't. I haven't dabbled in toy game. Like, um, I think my thing is more of a mental situation than a physical, but I could very well be wrong. I'm willing to try all those things. And they even uh, have like those spicy lubes. Yeah, I'm I'm open to literally anything. I just need like a game partner. No, I, suppose, I think it's you know? a good a problem to have. It's a good place. It's a good starting place to be. Like like challenging. Like I bet you if you if you went to a bar or like after or if like say you had a bit about how it's well, hard that's for you the to thing. come. That's what like, it is oh, on really? the on the podcast. That's what I was discussing before about like because Tom is like fascinated by this whole thing so it's like now it's become a challenge and that's like <laughs> been the only way i've been dating really in la since that's I've a new radio here. gimmick is yeah, trying yeah. to get you to come yeah yeah <laughs> i named my my tour the make josh come tour there you go yeah so there's only three dates right now ladies are you seattle tacoma portland First week of September, September 6th. We got some audience fifth, members that would probably take you up on that challenge. We got a couple <laughs> of kinky audience members. I'm thinking of them. I'm not saying their names, but they've they we've got we've got one or two audience members that have had sex with former podcast guests of ours, which I think is cuz that's just like just like you were saying Tom Segura, like they like to know your sex life. I like to know when my audience is fucking my guests. <laughs> that's a big deal to me. What do you not that doesn't matter to you Tosh. You don't get excited. Out cool. of those women guests though, they're not men. No, men guests, we have a women listener who's had sex with at least one of our uh, man men guests mm, i feel like this is really narrowing it down though i just get excited by the matchmaking yeah like hooking up yeah sure but like let's make a match no oh you like like a relationship yeah matchmaking. no i want to know that i haven't been in a relationship i was thinking about this uh recently a lot i haven't been in a relationship in like seven years That's and it's kind of like time. and it's becoming a thing where it's like i'm so numb to the idea of it and I don't like that. I haven't like liked a girl, you know, all the way in so long. But that's good. That means you're pursuing. Your, like I, I look at that, you know, as and no offense, Tasha, but it's it'd be nice if I had seven years to just hustle on my stand up and then meet you. You know what I mean? Well, here's my take, and like, sure, that's a, a positive side to it, right? That you really get to like explore and cre- pursue your creative passions. But I do believe that, like, in general other people make us better. So whether that's like living with your family until you like get married or like living with roommates or having a relationship, like other people keep you in check and like make you your best version of yourself because they don't let you slack, right? A relationship, people who care about you, your family, your friends, your partner, they want to see you succeed, <laughs> and they want to see you like live That's to your very highest nice. standard. And that shows that Dave is very lucky that you have that mentality. Because the last two girls I dated <laughs> were not the same way. They were like upset. I don't know. It was like comedy always got in the way kind of thing. And I'll never choose a woman over comedy in any so it's just not going to happen. What yeah. sort of expectation did they have for you that like comedy was not part of the equation? Well, um, 
one, for instance, was like working a Monday through Friday, nine to five type of job and going to school. So on the weekends when they had off, I was working because I was doing shows and things like that. So we didn't get to spend as much time as they wanted together. I was always free on Monday and Tuesday night, but they weren't, you know, and then right. when they were free. But so I never held it against her when it was like Monday and Tuesday and I had the night off and was like, why can't we hang out? You know what I mean? Like I knew she had her career, or her life or whatever. And uh, I didn't get that same sort of, uh, you know, recognition because it didn't look as big of a career or whatever at the time. And then also, like, I had one where uh, I had this girl who I dated for, like, three years. And she came to a show one time on New Year's Eve. And I had told her, like, you don't have to come. Stay home. I'm going to do the show. Then you then, then we'll hang New out Year's after. Because I'm going to be on stage. I'm not going to be able to kiss you, like, during the ball drop. I'm barely going to be able to see you until afterwards. So just stay home. Why bother sitting alone? Why bother coming to the show and like sitting alone? Or like alone? go out with your girlfriends. Yeah, do anything else. And she refused and then she came and then she was like, I'm sick kind of thing where I was like, well, I told you not to fucking come. <laughs> and so after the show, I was working with someone I really admired and we were hanging out and talking about like comedy and stuff like you do when you open for somebody. And then he's like, you want to go to a bar? So I'm like, Yes. And then she's like, I don't want to go home. I'm sick. And I'm just like, go home. Go home. Please. It's, so, and then it's such a tough She didn't. Conundrum. She came out, caused, just like was a cloud of doom the whole night. <laughs> yeah. I went home and I was like, you're not allowed to come to any more shows ever again. It's over for that. You can come like to a special show. But like, you're never getting in the way of comedy like that ever again. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's muddy because it's a social night that you're working at. So I, it, it, to me, it's a work night. So we've had this where, like, I'll bring, like, I'll be like, oh, I got a show on Brea. Come to the show. We'll do this. We'll do that. And sometimes it works. Sometimes, right. Sometimes it's fun. You yeah. want to have your girlfriend there. Yeah. Sometimes. We can. Not, if it's now, like a cool situation. Yeah, yeah. If it's a cool club. Yeah. It's like I've, yeah. I've I've checked out the the comedy palace. Oh, they do a town. They do a Greek. Oh, you want some Greek? We'll go do this, and then we'll it'll be a little road trip, whatever. But then I've also had experiences where like Tasha's she doesn't or like I I'm, I don't realize the the anxiety I get before I perform. I mean, who doesn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? That's wanna, the other thing yeah you get you get some weird you might like start like re- i might like repeat things over and over not even like my you get a little bit neurotic yeah <laughs> but it's like, who doesn't you know when tasha had to do her improv she was bawling crying like it's <laughs> it fucks you up it fucks you up, at least a little bit if i live so much in my own head where they'll be like talking to me and i'm just like not even, not even processing at all not even paying attention yeah. in any way i remember like Riding in the car with my last girlfriend, and she was always like, I know the car is like your mind space, you know, like that kind of, because I would always just be silent, and she wouldn't even try to talk. I'm like, she said something to my mom or something. She was like, Josh is like, in the car, Josh is like where he thinks. And I was like, what did you, what does that mean? And she was like, you just, I'm like, well, you're kind of right. Like, it's just weird that you acknowledge that. But um, yeah, like before a show i'm a fucking nutcase and then i'm like smoking a ton of weed or whatever and they're like oh, you should slow down i was like you don't exist here right now do you know what i'm yeah. saying like you don't get to 
dictate any of these to, parameters. To a, to a random person, this might sound harsh, but I... But, but at the but same time, like your, think about if job. you're at your job and your wife or your girlfriend comes to your job. It's like yeah. chirping at you. Yeah, you're trying Maybe to like you don't look give at a shit about Excel your job. sheet. And why ain't yeah. you paying attention to me? I'm, <laughs> you got to put a PowerPoint together. Work right, right now, yo. <laughs> you're so right. And it's and it's masked under this party. It's masked under right. this like, oh, we're all having fun. No, I'm looking at the audience to see what I can make fun of if my shit goes sour. I got a ball guy in a Hawaiian shirt. Noted. I got this chick who's, uh, might, they might be lesbians or sisters. Noted. You're just you're scanning all these things because you're about to go on stage by yourself and and see how it goes. Yeah, and you then know. like my least favorite thing was always to like uh, after something they would watch a show and maybe it didn't go great or something. Like, oh, it wasn't you, babe. It was the audience or whatever. And you're just like, you don't know what the fuck. You've seen six shows. You don't get to talk about the shows afterwards. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. Dave is about. exactly the opposite. <laughs> if I don't compliment him oh, after oh every God. set, even if it's. Dog I would shit, be right? so annoyed he if you complimented compliment. me after a bad set. He, he needs a compliment. <laughs> no, he will stew for on. weeks oh, if I don't if give him a compliment. If you compliment me after a bad set, I'll be like, where were you? Were you in the room? Dave's <laughs> no, no, no. not a real. I would not on, respect on, you on, if you on, did that. We're, we're, we're close to the truth. I'll cut off your mic, Tasha. Uh, I'll have a good set, and then people will high-five me. I'm hugging babies. We're doing the whole thing. And then and then I walk out, and Tasha doesn't say anything. That's what annoys me. Say I had a fucking good set. Oh, my now, God. I'd love that. She saw me, she saw me the other Don't night. Don't even acknowledge After that. our last mimosa show, we got so drunk. I got so drunk. And then yeah. we, like, passed, I had to drive we passed out. And then we woke up at, like, 7 p.m. And we, I had a show that started at, like, 7.30. We got to the show, <laughs> we got to the show 40 minutes late. And I was hungover that same night, and we, and it was at the Soho House, which is like super upscale, whatever. I show up, and the comic who's supposed to headline is on stage, and I'm thinking, "Fuck, I might have missed my spot." But it turns out he had somewhere else he had to be, so he did a half hour set, guitar, super yeah. good voice, murdering bro. in the middle. I'm not shitting was it on funny? him. He yeah, was good. It was so was good. it Henry Phillips? No, it oh. was uh, Jay Morgan. Um, he's, it he, was really he, good. But, and again, I'm not shitting on him. It was really good. <laughs> he was on pace. The audience was eating it up and then and then he and then he gets and he just murders and then all right coming up next and the audience just they couldn't even get over who he was and and I, i'm walking to the stage and he's like sorry man <laughs> and like, he knew and like and god bless him like you should be able to follow anything and i just had a me, me, i ate mediocre dicks for the rest for the next 10 12 minutes i had a audience member tell me my she said problematic to a bit you know what i mean she like heckled me uh, that uh, you know i got pc police which i never get and i was just like you know i was whatever i just i just uh you no, I was just the bowling alley. I was resetting the pins. I, I, it wasn't a strong set. Nothing went good. Nothing about it was good. It wasn't a flat bomb. It was stinky. So you best. wanted her to say something? Nice no, 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 no. I knew it wasn't good, and we addressed it a few days later. But I would have been okay if she'd been like, "Fuck, man, that's a tough." You know, I would have been okay with her acknowledging, like, Jesus Christ. No way. Christ. I'm going to stay as far away no, from any I, sort I get of that. That must be tough. Of criticism. Because I've had it too, where like I've had friends tell me at least like my one buddy's wife came to a show with his with him like before they were married or whatever they just started dating and he bombed and she was like that was rough and he was just like i know you know what i mean (laughs) like i was there i felt every wave of it i don't need you to like but acknowledging it is something so he was like he calmed down and was like I'm happy that you actually like were there to acknowledge that, but like yeah. it's got to be a tightrope. I don't know how to deal with it's it. It's a tightrope, but look, I'm not I'm not super sensitive with that. 
my thing is every like, listener is rolling their eyes uh, because they know tasha look i i knew i know i knew i was fucked at the moment i went in and i could have done a lot worse i could have turned on the audience i just kind of like smiled and just kind of like gritted my teeth and got through it i got but some your laughs, point is you when you like, do this well dude was applause breaking he was fucking murdering and i got Chuckles. You got buried by a guitar guy. It yeah. happens. I, I, got, mean, I just got buried. Yeah. I got buried. That, by that, a guitar. That's it. That, it won't be the last time. It won't be, you know, and it doesn't mean that the, the three comics after me didn't have great sets. Everyone else had a good set. It was fine. It but was your fine. point is, though, you, if she doesn't, like, compliment a good set, then you're like, what the fuck? Well, when you say it out loud, it sounds horrible. <laughs> but my point in the past has been like, babe, just because, okay, put it this way. I'll put it this way. I play baseball, right? Yeah. If I, uh, if I fucking give up seven runs and only get one out and they take me out of the game, the guys are still going to slap me on the ass and say, fuck. You know what I mean? And that's better than just like everyone shunning me and I just sit alone on the bench. But that's no true. one's shunning. We're just like not going to say anything. That's shunning. That's it, pretending it didn't exist. Give me a kiss on the cheek and go, you get him next time. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's fine. A good. That's a good way to go about it. I'm not crazy. That's the thing is, I just, I mean, I, um, I think that's why I haven't liked anybody to come back to that point is like, I've had crushes on like other female comics do you know what i'm saying because i feel like they'll relate at least to like my life a little bit better and i feel like if i date somebody it would have to be a comic at this point because the the people that aren't comics just they say they're on board to a degree and then at some point there's this diversion where you're just like you're completely over on this island bitterness calcifying like this this it's not even a bitter thing it's just a natural thing where they don't live in this world so they don't understand what's going right. on like at least you're like in show business well, to a we're capacity. we're in a pretty good spot that we where i grew up there was no other show you know what i'm saying yeah. like these people especially were like, if they have a nine to five worked at a bank and shit you know what i'm saying our like, so. a good thing my my normal side gigs like 12 to 9 so like we'll do it we'll get a lot of mornings together and then we we've i mean uh, to be honest this is oh, so sad to admit i only got on stage once this week it's just the last couple weeks have been kind of like Some that weeks are just like yeah that. they're just like that and i'm kind of like i have to reevaluate and go okay i've got this thing coming up next month i really want these next couple minutes to be hitting hard so i can like you know like we have to remind ourselves to set little benchmarks along the way because sometimes it feels like we're pursuing a goal that's so lofty and out there it's like you go from open micer to headlining an hour like where's the in between what's the smart acronym again (laughs) because i was trying to tell (laughs) i've been living the in between (laughs) it's It's a long journey but that's the thing because you're right you have to have no help me with the acronym because i try to tell it to Sammy the other day. Smart acronym? Yeah, SMART. It's like something measurable. Is it from a book? Yeah, it's from our Perfection Detox. Go get it. No, I'm trapped. (laughs) Don't worry about it. But right? For anyone's listening, it's from the last episode. (laughs) Literally just listen to the last episode. Two episodes ago. But it's about what, well, yeah, what's what's the uh, what's the general gist of the? Acronym? It's about like determining the difference between like an unattainable sort of okay. lofty overwhelming goal. Yeah. And like breaking it down because uh, it's uh, what's the word day for um you know you have like with perf like you can be uh, no 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 but you can be like paralyzed sort of d- like afraid to begin or unsure how to start when you right. have like a goal that is big and lofty and it 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 feels overwhelming. It brings a lot of pressure to yeah, it's you, just right? Incrementalizing but, the steps that go, that lead to the finalized, whatever that may be. Yeah. Because certain goals here, it 
Jesus Christ, I don't know where it is. Okay. You find it. You you chit chat. Yeah, I'll we've get been, it out. We've been um we've been reading this book, and we'll wrap up. We're already at an hour and twenty. We'll uh, we've been reading this book about kind of it's called the Perfection Detox, and it's about just not ruminating over all the negative thoughts you have. But just <laughs> you that's know, so funny. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because I've never. I'm like the opposite of this book. Like it's the you're saying the perfection is the thing where you're like you have to stop obsessing over being perfect yes. or wanting to be perfect. Well, right. yeah, that's sort of what I or thought cripple, too, but it's crippled. more than, it's kind of more than that. It's about realizing that like being too hard on yourself can prevent you from like getting oh, things done okay. or like living your fullest life. We're good at trying new bits out and forcing that, but there's a lot of people with a fixed mindset where they go, I'm good at dancing. I'm not going to learn a new dance because that's not the dance I know. And so they just do the same dance their whole life. So it's like a fear of failure sort of. Kind or of like a fear of even success, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's like okay, I found it. It's harmful expectations versus healthy goals. Interesting, okay. right? So if you have like this expectation, it can lead to like paralysis. You're afraid By the way, to get started. Don't you love how Josh laughs but... at our life? He's like, you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, laugh- I was laughing because the f- the idea of like I was going to say I was the opposite of that. Like I've never been like uh, fearful that I'm not perfect. I've always been like, I'm flawed. Yeah. And just putting that on blast to the point where it's like, that's detrimental too, because then you're never like ascending to the best. You're accepting that that's where you're at. Exactly. Josh is like, you guys read self-help books and you come too fast. (laughs) (laughs) You you need her to tell you you had a good set when you bombed. (laughs) Uh, Read the acronym. (laughs) We said this in the last episode, like you said, so here I am reading it again. Sorry, guys. But yeah, so it's harmful expectations versus healthy goals. And healthy goals are really important because they help us to see like that we're moving along towards something great, right? So here's... SMART is the acronym. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. So, like, that's how you distinguish. Is this an unrealistic expectation or is this a healthy goal? Is it uh, specific? Right. Is it, can I measure my progress? Is it attainable and realistic? And do it, can I do it in a certain time frame? You break it. That's what's so hard about comedy. This validates my approach to comedy, by the way. What's your approach? Well, what it's always been. I mean, and it's been an, a, been a slow go, obviously. <laughs> it's been a fucking... It'll be 11 years uh, later this month. But it was always like, get five minutes. Get 10 minutes. Get an MC set. You know what I'm saying? Like, small. Yeah. Like, And I'd see other people achieve. I'd be like, oh, I'm as good as that guy. I can do the same thing. So then I would, like, that was the attainable part of it. or like, And they were specific. And sure, it wasn't like... I didn't know what I wanted beyond any of that i just wanted to know but it's just one step at a time exactly so then it's not like like, people don't do that in comedy they're like you know they start doing it and like i want a netflix special yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly and it's like well you gotta like do this about six million more times yeah it's also before you even think about when you when you see people that are are catapulted into fame like youtuber you you guys that go viral they're catapulted into their fame they'll start doing like headlining sets immediately and you and then it's not different that's a different thing other than the that that's not delusion delusion is when you have like a guy who's like why can't i do an hour and it's like because you've only been on stage twice yeah you know like why would you even want to do an hour you know like those people who complain that's not gonna go well for you those people who complain like i'm only getting 10 minutes on this bar show I should be doing like, it's like, really? You should be, you shouldn't be doing anything. Yeah. You shouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? That's delusion. The people that are 
these Vine people and these like TikToks or whatever. I don't even know which one is like uh, <laughs> Vine is a nice dead reference. But, like, TikTok <laughs> is the thing now. Yeah, yeah. Or like YouTubers who have millions of subscribers. What that what's happening there is the machine behind them is trying to make more money. Yeah. They're and just so pushing they need to ticket sales. Lot. They yeah, know exactly. that these two million followers will come out. Yeah, and clubs are like, well, this person that's on YouTube, who cares if they're dog shit on stage? Yeah, they just gonna sold sell, the 300 sell tickets. Yeah, and sandwich. they might not sell a ticket a second time to yeah. anybody that attends in the audience, but they right. are going to make $20,000 in a, a weekend. But, yeah. my, but my thing's the opposite, where I, I've imposed too many limitations onto why I can't be farther along than I am. I've done stand-up and improv. I've done improv a combined 10 years, right? I've done stand-up for a seven plus years and it's like in these old worlds i'd be a middle somewhere ticking around the country but in la it's like i'm still doing open mics i'm still doing showcase shows i'm still doing well, yeah, all these la things. is a different story i mean you could still be a middle around the road i mean that's how i was living my life for the last however many but is that how tom found you yeah, I mean, I, I was middling for him. So you're, so you've been with him. You've been opening for Tom Segura, and and I didn't want to make this about him, but you're, in the sense before he was. So he's blown up since you've been with him. Yeah, like I he mean, was when, still when like mean papering blow, rooms, you know. When, when I mean blow up, he does, he performs in big theaters. I mean, like what's yeah. the, what's no, the biggest I mean, it theater went from, you performed at? I don't know what the biggest one would be, but um, thirty five. It went from being like, you know, when I've met him and when I was working with him at first, it was like. Oh, you sold like, you know, a bunch of tickets, but not like sell out rooms. And it was like a weekend at a club or whatever. And then it became like, oh, man, the weekends are all getting sold out. This is crazy. And then it was like, was he aware of that when that was happening? Like, whoa, what's going on? I just know from like his communication with me, like I remember at one point it was, you know, I was just literally the middle. So I would go there and make whatever money the club paid me, pay my way, whatever, maybe even pay for lodging. But then... I remember him calling me and being like, hey, man, your travel's going to be taken care of now. And I was like, oh, man, that's, that's awesome. wild. And that never fucking happened. Yeah. So you're like, something must be going on. And so I and realized he was he like selling that, mad tickets. He, you know? he means like he's vouching for you and he's taking he's care like of you. getting my travel taken care yeah, of, whether he's awesome. paying for it or maybe either way he's else. paying. Even if the club's paying for it, they're paying either for way, it through his yeah. Yeah. Uh, new bigger some following. way. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the details. But then I remember going like, huh. He must be like selling a bunch of tickets or whatever. And then all of a sudden it became like, I remember he asked me to do a show with him in Philly and it was at the Trocadero Theater. I'm like, wow, a theater show. That's wild, man. Congratulations. And he's like, yeah, no, it's four shows though. <laughs> and I was like, what? And that was like when everything was like wow, completely different. But yeah, I mean, I guess the most would be like 3,700 people or something like and that. Now you're, and now you're doing uh, tour bus shows. Oh, I mean, we just did a, uh, yeah, he, that's just the way to get around sometimes. Dude, so are you Midwest. sleeping on these, you're sleeping on the buses. I did sleep on the bus for this uh, last how's that, stint. How's that go? Is it kind of cool? Is it like rock it is, star? It is like a rock star thing, but it's like kind of also like, I don't know. I'd rather a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that to be an asshole or anything. It's just tough. I mean, like, I remember the one night I slept on it. You're in this, like, drawer almost, you know? Right. And uh, you pull the <laughs> curtain or whatever. And then I remember I got a text, and it was like, are you up? And I looked, and I'm like, what time is it? It was 1230 in the afternoon, and I had, I felt like it was still, like, you know, 1 a.m. or something. Because it was dark. It was pitch black. You're I could have slept for another four hours if I didn't get that text. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you just like a meat 
uh, chest. Just and when it's there. moving Is and it? stuff, I get like kind of freaked out. Like uh, I get motion sick. I do get motion sick, but it's like you don't get motion sick. I get freaked out because it's like you hear like the rumbles on the. But the efficiency. Oh, you're there. like, is the driver falling asleep? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, are we gonna die? Like, I feel like I'm gonna get like Cliff Burtoned out there. The efficiency like of you going from one theater show and and being able to sleep on the way to the next is like that's that it's wild. And then you get to it and like you show up at the venue and it's like, all right, like let's go get lunch or something. And then you have to like shower in the like dressing room of the venue and stuff. It's right. like oh, it's really? like a rock star kind of thing. Cause There's I remember no... going into green rooms and being like, who, who showers in here? Right. Like, well, rock stars cause they're sweating and something. And you're like, I get that. But then you show up to it and you're like using their fucking showers. Cause that's the only shower you have. You but know? that's my goal. That's the reason I can keep Tasha that's around. Long comment right there. That's, that, that's my goal. Is that, um, you is, can do that. Well, is that if we, I want us to get like an airstream and be able to travel even if I can only fill 40 seats in a room. That's all you need. That's all you need. You don't need... I mean, when you're doing four shows at the truck, that's crazy money. When you're yeah. doing like black box theaters, you know, you might spend 200 bucks to rent out the room. You pull in 600. On yeah. to the next place. You're My new literally... thing is if you can sell 100 tickets in a city, then you're going to like be fine. Yeah, it's... it's um. It it really when you uh, there's there just there's nothing going on there. This is the live stream that we have. It's just uh, fueling my ADD. Um, when <laughs> when uh, when you when you boil down all the money that's been made from different you know middlemen, comedy clubs, this and that. When you have your own following, yeah, we could literally you know if we had you know couple extra zeros on the end of our, our subscriber amount, and that's what we're shooting for. You can get Jeep Grand Cherokee, sponsor, Airstream, sponsor, load it up, let's go. And then you could say, we're going to Montreal, four shows, boom, Burlington, Vermont, boom. And we can just go down, Tosh can get her Instagram photos, the dogs, <laughs> branded, right? The dog's got kibble and bits. He's got his thing going on. He's not following the ex-boyfriend anymore. The whole thing is running, and, and that's his, <laughs> and it's no extra work than what we're doing now. It's just like we're just trying to climb those ranks. Yeah, and, I mean, I've I've been like trying to book these shows, and I was going to comedy clubs. I love clubs. I wanted to be at the clubs, but they give shit deals. And so I was like, well, why would I do that when I can take 85% of the door at this rock club and sell half the tickets and make triple the money? It's basically. a bad place. Comedy clubs are fucked because as- I'm so sad that they do that. I mean, like, just give me a, do- a a decent door deal. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not like fucking D.L. Hughley or some shit, but like they give such astronomical amounts of money and guarantees to certain people. And then their one nighter game is so fucking subpar that it's like. I mean, come on, dude. You could do, you know a, I mean? you could like, do all VFWs across the country if that's yeah. your audience. If you have an audience that wants to show up and pay $12, $18 for a ticket, that's it. You're yep. good. Yep. And that's what we're realizing. That's why comics do the podcast and do these other things because you're reaching directly with the fans. We got we to gotta roll out of here. We're already um, yeah, pushing out an hour and a half. No, this was great. I could We could have easily gone another hour and a half, I feel like. So you'll have to come back. Uh, I'd love we, to. Anytime. We, yeah, we need a round two. Yeah. <laughs> we've uh, 350 episodes in and we're, we've, we're getting to know the dirt of all the comics across the, <laughs> the land. And we know Josh has a hard time coming. That's what we know now. We've learned so much. Yeah. I mean, it's um, been discussed elsewhere, so <laughs> it's not a new revelation. Well, I'm thanks sorry. for doing the podcast. How can where can people find you? I want our our audience to go support you. Um, please follow me on Twitter. It's at j underscore Potter, and I know this is a f- social media faux pas, but my Instagram is Josh underscore Potter. It's different. Oh my god, how will I ever <laughs> succeed in show business? Uh, but if you live in uh, Seattle, 
uh, Tacoma or Portland. I'll be in Seattle on September 5th. I'll be in Tacoma September 6th, and I'll be in Portland September 8th. So that whole weekend is going to be Pacific Northwest trying to sell those tickets like we mentioned and make the make the dream happen. Yeah, know? go yeah. support Josh. I mean, it's it is wild that until you un, un, like like for, with Tom Segura until you get to the point where like boy, I went from papering clubs, which means, you know, giving out free tickets to clubs to all of a sudden being able to fill theaters. Until you get to that point, you're just like raw working on your shit and you yeah. don't get the respect until it's like overblown and it's like oh shit for the record I'd love to get some papered weekends clubs so <laughs> hit me up with that 3G guarantee I'll do that papered <laughs> shit all day yeah I mean it's and it, but it's just it's it's I, I when I when I see my friends that are out there just you know we you know I just did a some road shows with a guy who only does um twelve step program places he, he's in recovery that's his thing that's his market he does twelve step and he does like daytime shows he does them for shows that people are strung out or they're they're addicted and it's like wherever you can get your stage time and relate yeah. to your audience go get it. If it's at eleven thirty in the morning at a mimosa show, that's fine too. <laughs> Hell um, yeah. Tasha, do you have anything you want to promote there? No, I don't think so. Unless uh, anybody wants to go check out my Instagram, I was working with a great brand over the weekend called Candid, and um, I posted a coupon code. If anybody is interested in aligners, or you can send me a DM. I'll show your you smile. Up. Tasha got her new teeth ready. Nice. <laughs> so go like her photo and comment yeah, on like it. Yeah, so like and comment on my Instagram I don't have to do photos. it from, her, from the dog's account. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, come back on the Mimosa Show anytime. We'd I'd love, love to, to do it anytime. It's so close to my house, and I love mimosas. Yeah, there you go. That's it, folks. All right, that's the sap. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's it, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Wasn't that a blast? Didn't you feel like you were right in the room with us talking about all of our insecurities? And who knew that I was the only one who came too soon? Who knew that Josh had a problem? Oh, man, I couldn't imagine. If, if you're a comic like Josh and you go on stage and do a bit about how it takes you a long time to come, you're going to have so many chicks want to talk to you afterwards. That is a good sales technique. Anyway, folks, if you haven't already done this, iTunes uh, and Apple Podcasts have changed the way that they chart podcasts. So what's going on now is we are actually rising the ranks in the comedy interviews uh, chart of iTunes podcasts. So what we need from you is to, if you haven't already done this, if you listen on any other podcast app but have an iPhone, hit the subscribe button on the Apple podcast app. That's that purple icon on your iPhone that you've never seen before. Hit the subscribe button on our podcast. And if you can, give us a good review, okay? Because we're rising in the charts, new people are finding us. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. We got a two-star review from someone in Australia who said, I swore too much and the topics were pointless. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what we do. That's exactly it. But sometimes you stumble upon gold. If I had set, you know, talking points with our conversation with Josh, we would have never had such gold talking about Pamela Anderson's titties or whatever the hell it was. You know what I mean? So it's about finding the unknown. We're going searching for gold. We don't have a map. But I really appreciate you guys listening. If um, if if you want, you can join the Patreon. And if you're still listening, that means you like what we do. The Patreon, we have new episodes every week. Uh, so much new content. We have live recordings of the Mimosa stand-up show. Uh, Jonesy and I do a really cool Weird AF News episode once a month 
we're recording this week where we just kind of banter about irreverent news that's happening. And then we do solo episodes, Tasha and myself. We do car trip episodes, all this extra content. The whole point of it is that we can just start raising some more funds. So we have 15 amazing patrons that have joined us and it really makes a difference. We're adding new artwork. We're commissioning people to design new product, new um, artwork uh, for us so we can kind of keep promoting ourselves. So the money that you guys are donating, it is going to a good place. We're recycling it in our artist community and we really appreciate all of the support you guys have had for us. And it's a ton of fun. These solo episodes are great. I can play music. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my little Ryan Seacrest thing where I'm playing new music for New Music Fridays and it's uh, it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed uh, the last six months of doing these solo episodes, the, the Patreon episodes. It's been uh, it's been an experience I didn't know I would enjoy so much, and I'm glad I took the leap. And thank you guys so much for all that have donated. Uh, we've got people literally in several, I think th- we have at least three or four different countries. Uh, you know, we have someone in England, Canada, I think the U.S. and I think Mexico that that have joined the Patreon along with a lot of others from within the states. We appreciate you so much. It is so humbling and great to know that you guys are out there supporting us. It is you know different tiered levels: five dollars, eight dollars, twelve dollars. But whatever level you decide you want to donate at, just know that the money's going back into our creative endeavors. Uh, Boone's barking in the background. If you can't hear him, he's a proud mascot of the Patreon. Anyway, I don't want to ramble. We really appreciate all of you out there that have supported us. If the Patreon's not in your budget, you don't know anything about it, you don't want to do it, the best thing you can do, aside from subscribing, rating, reviewing, is screen grabbing the podcast app, sharing it on your Instagram feed, and tagging any friends that might be interested. Any of the promotion we can get helps us find new listeners, which rises the ranks, rises the charts, and more subscribers and sponsors for boner spray cream what do you say folks thank you guys so much for being a part of the team if you have any questions any dating advice anything you want to say if you just want to share some love with us we love reading that go to sex actually podcast at gmail.com sex actually podcast at gmail.com the dog's barking because i haven't fed him yet in the background anyway boone you get fed after we do sponsorship reads daddy's got to make some money Sex actually podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a comment. Leave us some love. Um, criticisms, maybe not so much. <laughs> no, please, whatever. Leave a criticism. Just, you know, leave five compliments before you do it, okay? Stranger, I don't need to read your criticisms at 8 a.m. when I wake up, okay? Uh, we appreciate your support. Bye, everybody. S-A-X.